This is Gabe Dibbing in the Year of the BSer, introducing for Brett and Sean, Gaming and BS, episode 380. Welcome to Gaming and BS. Uh, this is Sean. And this is Brett. Welcome back, folks. Glad everybody could make it. Sean, how the hell are you? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? Not bad. You know, what we should probably do is um, dispense with too much in the pleasantry way, but we should probably talk, right? Yeah, we should. We should. We should make the big news announcement that every everybody is here and tuned in for. You do it. You want me to do it? Yeah, of course you got to do it. You're the brain. We should do I'm it just, at the same I'm, time. Ready? No, we One, can't. Two. No, we, well, we can't do that. Should we roll we do for that. initiative? Fuck, I don't have a die in front of me. I'll tell you what, you just you do it. You're the brains. You do all right, it. So here, here's your, the big this announcement. whole thing was your fault anyway. From the beginning, seven years ago, it was all your fault. Oh, fair enough. All right. So just for for getting uh, alleviating the <clears throat> the what's going on, what's the announcement? We've got good news and bad news depending on what you are interested in, uh, or what, how do I put this? The bet. Okay. So we are, we are making the official announcement that we are going to hang up the show. Not like now. Uh, so we, we, after seven and a half years and 300, it will be 84 episodes. Correct. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna call it a day. So it's a mutual, uh, thing between uh, between Brett and I it's it's not one or the other we've come to, we've talked about this and uh the take without getting into the weeds we we just agreed that we've had our time and uh it's it's we don't want a pod fade it never was no we, when we started intention. this thing we we agreed that if we were and when we got to the point where we both said hey you know I think it's time and we would discuss it we come up we would agree do it together um that we would announce it to anybody who happens to still be listening to us because when we started this seven and a half years ago we figured you know my wife and the three other friends of mine who were listening to us what might might give a shit <clears throat> if we quit um <clears throat> but we thought you know pod fading is just lame quite frankly from both of our perspectives like if you know for a fact that you're like hey look we're gonna hang this thing up let's let's say that to set expectations hey let's just do session zero shit man let's just delay it out there this is what we're doing um when we talked about it sean and i had said you know we're not gonna do like hey guess what today's it and we're done because that's kind of a dick move and we don't want to be the, that kind of assholes so we want to go we're gonna go to episode 384 that one, our, our finale one, will be an AMA, Ask Us Anything. Um, Sean and I are going to sort out. I believe it's on gamingbs.com forward slash AMA. If you do want to ask us anything, um, feel free to go over there and hit us up. But May 9th, 30th, June 13th, June 27th are the next episodes. Um, one of the things that we talked about a lot was what what do we keep, Right. <laughs> Discord has to stay. We're like the community that Sean helped to curate, and that all of you, all of our moderators, and all the really kick-ass people, and just the BSers that hang out there. We, we're like, we got to hang on to the Discord because that's the that's the thing we got to have. the uh, The show site still remains seven and a half years of catalog. Um, so we're like, hey man, if if nothing else, if someone says, hey, you did a podcast, I can say, yeah, start on this episode one and work your way forward. We'll have plenty to listen to, right? We can still use that, it, and it's something we created together. And we're I'm. I think we're both very proud of it. I'm, I know we are. I mean, we're both very proud of it. Um, 
one of the things we talked about is the basically with the not explosion, but because Discord's working and it works really, really well, we're going to basically shit can the forums. We're going to say, hey, our online forums are going to go away by the end of July. Um, that If nothing else, it's one less thing that Sean has to do care and feeding on. So, And less chance that Sean will have to upgrade the forums and break the website again. So there's always that. There's just very little going on. And I know it's a good <laughs> long form site, but you know, it's if there's not a lot of interaction and not a lot of posts there, then we need to just can it can the forums but good news we're gonna have bs or con that continues so absolutely is i put i just for for the record sean was like i don't know should we should we and i because i wasn't there this last one for the inaugural and i still feel bad about that but sean and i talked it over and um I pushed him on it and he's like do you think so i'm like dude we got to do this i think it's a really cool thing to do even if it doesn't we don't have any <clears throat> intentions of it becoming like this massive online convention type of thing, but I think it's a natural evolution of all the really kick-ass people we've we've met and the friends we've made and the friends each of you have made online in the Discord community and otherwise. And it was a hit. Everybody I talked to, I was on a podcast last uh, yesterday with Edwin and Lou and a co- and uh, and so on. We, we were just talking this whole dungeon and we were talking about you know BSRCon and Edwin was saying, "Tell me how much fun he had." So. Anyway, that's got to continue. When do you want to run that, Sean? Is that going to be the same time every year? What are you thinking? So I think it was the last weekend in January last year, but it's easy when it's, you know, I think a four-weekend month. So we're going to – I looked at next year, 2023, and I think a third weekend in January – consistently as long as there's people that are wanting to play games online. I don't plan on taking it. Face to face, we could have we could do that at Game Hold Con if we want somebody to do all the heavy lifting. If we want to do face to face, there's a game day down the road, maybe, but it'll remain online. We'll use primarily the Discord. We don't have any intention of changing the name of the Discord, um, but we'll do that probably it going forward. We could just say the third weekend in January. It's BS or Con, and uh, we'll get that. We'll keep that running as long as there's interest. Even if there's, you know, 10 people, I'd, I could care less. Like, I would love to see it grow and be bigger, but it's virtual. So I think as uh, the pandemic may subside or people relax a little bit as far as restrictions, face-to-face may be the way to go. And then the virtual just doesn't have a lot of gas. But hopefully there's enough interest to, to take part and with other members of the community that have met each other appreciate the conversation on the discord. Um, and I, I, yeah, I plan on doing that. So if nothing else, like Sean told me, he's like, Hey man, it it is, you know, we're still (laughs) centered in Wisconsin and in January, it's kind of a really good time to stay inside and play some games from the comfort of your own home. Yeah. It's January. So people aren't, we're not going to have to compete with, I don't know, the summer, the 4th of July, Memorial day, uh, you know, other online or other face-to-face conventions, like, and there may be others in more tropical places than, Wisconsin in January. <laughs> exactly. But I could say there's probably going to be a few locals and Midwesterners and, you know, folks in Colorado maybe that are just well, like, I don't want to leave my house. It's too damn cold and there's too much snow and I don't want to get snowed in somewhere. So obviously we don't, I mean, Sean, you said we don't want to get in like the, the super deep weeds, but I think it's worth, we have a lot of people who quite frankly have been very loyal 
Um, people have been patrons off and on or consistent and just and other people who've not, who haven't supported us in that type of manner, but have done nothing but just spread the word like, hey, you should listen to this. Oh my gosh, this, this thing is really cool. Um, the Kickstarter I did for my Avalon setting, I don't believe it would have done half as well or at all as anything without the BSR community to kind of <clears throat> help push and do that stuff. I think it's worth us saying out loud here so that there's no like guess this isn't like sean brett's still like each other still really good friends there's no no change there nothing there sean john hates me it's fine um <laughs> so nothing's changed there and this isn't a matter of it all started with ditching my motorcycle that's where it all started it, it, it all started <laughs> started with getting rid of my motorcycle that's yeah all everything, went to, everything went to yeah. um but we've when sean and i first started this a long time ago, i think we we may have said this on the show before but a lot of times we feel we both agreed that, you know, podcasts seem to have like a shelf life, like at a certain point, the format we have, everything else we've got going here, um, like, okay, are we, have we said what we wanted to say? Have we covered the the big points? Are we getting to, you know, are we, are we done? Are we wrapping up? Do we, are we kind of out of gas type of thing? And the answer is, yeah, we're, we're, we're ready to, we're ready to hang this one up. We did talk just to be honest, and this isn't like a teaser. I swear to God, we have nothing in the pipe, but at some point, I mean, again, Sean and I are still friends. We still get all the gear. We may get together and say, hey, I'd like to talk about something else. We may say, hey, you know that idea that we had about actual plays? Maybe we could try that. Maybe we could do something a little bit different. I don't know. Um, and uh, again, there's not a teaser in there, I swear. I promise you. There's no teaser in that. We're not promising something else that isn't going to come to fruition. But we're not closing the door on doing something different or something similar at a future date. It's just, um, if nothing else, from my perspective, I'm like, wow, this is... Uh, like in every other Monday, I could run that gamer that game I wanted to run for some BSers. Like every other Monday, I I have every other Monday free. <laughs> I could do that. Um, and uh, so anyway, it's I just don't want anybody to think that like we're we're sick of this or there's any like there's nothing negative about it other than the fact that um, we're like, hey man, I think we're done and we need to be honest about it to ourselves and to our listeners and our friends. We feel we've covered absolutely every <laughs> single angle you could possibly imagine with role-playing games today. So until, I don't know, five, ten more years, whatever that looks like, it's 384 is the magic number. There you go. Having said that, Brett mentioned the last episode. We're going to do a countdown. So today is not the last show. It's not the last time. Hopefully you'll stick with us. This is the countdown to the series, the, the series finale. Finale. We're going to do thrilling, thrilling trailers and all that stuff. Probably not. But the last episode is, is an AMA, if we can get enough. Mm. Otherwise, it'll just be me and Brett wallowing in our tears and our drinks. Um, and you go to gamingnbs.com forward slash AMA. And if you go there, it'll take you to a Google form. You got to put one, you know, you got to put one in, hit submit, put in the next one if you have more than one. But then we can read them down the line. We'll sort them out or whatever if people have multiples. Uh, and we'll, we'll, so the last episode could be 10 minutes. Or three hours. Three hours. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's, I don't know. We leave Dude, it up to you. We leave it up to you. It's up to you. So uh, somebody will say, well, AMA, is that like RPGs only or anything? Or and anything AMA, means anything. Anything, anything means anything. Ask me, ask us anything. So, and Brett 
is he is he's like if we do that sean i will answer every single question he did not say that truthfully honestly candidly no filters i, I specifically he will stated. tell you exactly what he thinks of pbta and blades in the dark he will tell you exactly how he loves matt colville if that hasn't been become clear over the years I see. All right. You're setting me up. Meanwhile, nice. I get to lie about everything. I will embellish. I will lie. I will. Yeah. So it's like, it's like three. It's no, why, why change now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been 380 some episodes. Well, stay on, you know, fair statement. Yeah. It will be live, of course. And we hopefully will not have any freaking technical snafus, but you know, why would we do the last show without something happening? Something stupid going on. So yes. if anything doesn't happen, we'll probably just mute ourselves and pretend something <laughs> happened. Just and to, then we'll reboot just, our computers. Just, and everything. To keep it, just to keep the facade. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so Sean, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you just yeah. um, ask, this is people do this to me at work and it normally drives me nuts, but I'm going to ask a question for the room. Sean, do you, uh, does it bum you out? Or are you are you at peace with this? You good? It is it is a strange it, with things like this. It has become uh, bittersweet is usually what they say. Mm -hmm. Um, it'll be I I don't well we still have four episodes which is so Correct. it's like I got to do next week and or the two weeks from now and I got to do another two weeks. Yeah. So we still are going to take random encounters although it's trickled off a little bit because we've gone to an every two week. Correct show and you know there's still a pandemic and people aren't listening to podcasts on their commutes as much as they used to if if they're still not commuting so that i say that because i don't think it'll hit me until after when, the last show when you don't do it you hang it up and say well that's cool um yeah in two weeks i got a show oh i i oh, don't i don't have a show yeah. oh, probably in like another week when brett gets back from killing paddington up in the in the canadas <laughs> nice um then, then I'll go. Oh, then I gotta show. No, oh, there, not nothing there. So it is, dude. There are so many positive things that have come out of this show. It is disappointing to end it, obviously. But some of the things that have come out of it is, if like, I'm good. Yeah, I mean it. Without too much hyperbole, I can say it is one of the coolest creative things I've ever done. Yeah. It really is. And the the people we've met. We'll talk about this more as we go along. Brett and I have podcasted longer than people have been married. Yeah, this lasted <laughs> this podcast lasted longer than my first marriage. Yes, it absolutely did. It absolutely did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely did. Absolutely did. More longer than my first marriage. Absolutely. Hey, there have yeah. have, have been <clears throat> good shows that have come before us there are good shows that have been around before us that are still going and, and they find a way to do it every week and i'm telling you and anybody that's that's listened to us and has tried and succeeded in getting a show off and they're going down the road and that's great this is not easy uh to do every week or every other week it's um but it's it takes, fun it takes effort it is fun yeah. it takes effort it is I rewarding just, beyond you, absolutely. beyond what you can believe. It really is. So, I'm just hoping that at the next time I go to a gaming convention, that I don't get stabbed. That's all I'm hoping. Well, somebody, somebody doesn't, you know, shank me in the bathroom for you killed the show and killed me. But yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, 
Yeah, that's possible, dude. It is possible. I mean, I could anyway, do that. I know you could. No, I wouldn't do that. No. <laughs> Brett's bigger than me. I, he knows Taekwondo. It's true, I do. He's like Rex Quando. <laughs> you ready? Should we move on? Should we move on? Random encounter uh, where we field emails, voicemails, comments from social media. We have a voicemail this week from DM Kojo uh, with his timely self let's see if we can play it and not crash everything hey how are my favorite bsers doing dm kojo on the call it's been a long time i have to admit uh life has gotten in the way of me keeping up on the episode so i'm going through the back catalog trying to get caught up and i came across one of my favorite topics save or die i think you guys covered it really well um i think just the thing i wanted to reiterate and emphasize maybe because I love save or die uh, mechanics. I think it keeps players on their toes. I think that um, I like that even the mightiest of heroes can be felled by you know poison and things that would kill people uh, under normal circumstances. But I think a couple things to remember, and you guys kind of got into it, was one that the save or die always comes after you know there were other ways to get around it, as Brent. But kind of call it uh, plot armor. Definitely, you know, when I'm implementing save or die situations, it's only if the players make some pretty dumb choices that they even get in the save or die situation. Another thing to remember is that, you know, the concern of higher level characters invested in dying um, with the save or die, you know, the saving throw does improve quite a bit as they level up. And so that does improve their odds of avoiding the save or die. Uh, at a higher level. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, an underutilized thing, I think, in terms of uh, AD&D when we played was that uh, when your character died, you know, you could haul the body back to town and spend a bunch of that gold that you recovered and pay for the high-level priest to, you know, cast a resurrection spell or a raise dead spell and bring your character back. It kind of would involve kind of that quest of getting the body there and, you know, the quest of having enough gold. But gold is usually plentiful in AD&D, so it wasn't usually a big issue in the end. So that's a cool plot device, but in the end, death didn't even mean dead necessarily in first edition. So just wanted to share those. Uh, excited to be back listening to the show and uh, getting caught up. See you guys. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Kojo. That was good. I think um, it's interesting. We it's been a while since I listened to that episode, but I remember uh, I was actually talking about the save or die stuff this last Saturday when I was running my Pathfinder game for my crew. And we were talking about how um, it's hard to kill characters in the quote unquote modern versions of D and D, right? As a lot of people refer to it as, <clears throat> and um, we, we actually went back and forth, like the pluses and minuses, the bonuses of that. Um, my buddy, Nick um, said he likes both. But one of the things he likes about the hard to kill aspects is the um, the fact that he feels like the character has a better chance of surviving for a satisfying character arc because of that. He thinks it uh, that helps with the longevity. Um, my buddy Lenny, of course, is like, ah, don't care if I die, I die. Move on. <laughs> it's just kind of it doesn't bother him. But um, we did all we we did agree that like you know the as as you said, which I had mentioned, you know the there's multiple ways and different things you can do before you get to a save or die scenario. And um, the one that the group 
kind of unanimously didn't like was the seemingly random DM fiat saber die, you know, with no warning, no foreshadowing of any kind, not even a hint that, you know, it looks like it might contain instant super tetanus, you know, because of its rusty nature or something. It, it just, uh, that was universally poo-pooed as <laughs> bad, but otherwise it was, uh, it was, it was kind of, it was just an interesting conversation. I'm glad you uh, listened to that one coach. That's cool. Yeah. Anything good to hear man? from you, Kojo. It's been a <laughs> little while. Very timely voicemail. <laughs> yeah. I hope this, <laughs> I hope the school year's doing, doing all right for you too, Kojo. Yeah. That's for sure. Wrapping up soon. Yeah. Anything else, man? We're good. No, that's it. Uh, let's get into the main topic. Let's do that. <clears throat> what are we talking about this week, Brett? Well, one of the things I want to talk about was after we did the um, whole Brett runs a game for Sean type of thing is one-on-one, um, not solo, but one game master, one player, or <clears throat> variation on that. Um, type of RPG play. I think we may have talked about this a little bit in ages past, but it was interesting when I was running the game for you, Sean, how I, um, apart from our little kind of experimental, you know, take the quick aside, speak into the mic component, it is, uh, it's interesting the different tactical and like um, the problems, I guess, the problems and different challenges that come up with running a 1v1 even though you had two characters, right? It's still one player and going through that. There's, there's certain things that I'm like, well, I better not do X because if I do that, um, the whole thing's over, right? You don't have a lot of, there's no one else to get your fat out of the fire, so to say. So Sean, have you had, um, I've run one-on-one D and D in a couple of the games over the years periodically, but have you ever done it? Um, in, in like a campaign or a longer term piece, or have you ever done that type of thing before? I have not, and I sh- we should mention that it, that it sometimes, ref- most of the times, it's referred to duet gaming. Duet gaming. Duet I've gaming. Never yes. heard that. Yeah, one versus one, one, one v one, or one versus one, or yeah, that's that. Then it's you know one versus the other, but duet, uh, yeah, yeah. duet gaming is the yeah. Uh, duet no, gaming. Interesting. Du- yeah, right. Duet gaming. So. Um, I have not, although it is, it's interesting. I, I mean, I get the, you know, RPGs were kind of built around parties and, mm-hmm. and you know, f- I don't know if four to six people, unless you're Gary Gygax and you're running a campaign of 50 people, but not all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a, a different dynamic. One that I don't think is that I, there's a lot of advantages, I think there's some amazingly cool stuff. I mean, I'll just throw out there right right out of the gate. Obviously, there are games that are built specifically for this. Cthulhu Confidential is Gumshoe One to One. Robin Laws wrote it. Um, I have a PDF copy of it, and um, it's rules specifically designed to facilitate that type of play, the duet style play. Instead of having to cobble something together, oh shoot, I made a mistake. You know, oh, the combat was too dangerous. Oh, crap. I almost killed Sean's character. So I had to fudge a whole bunch of die rolls to keep this thing going type of thing. Um, it's specifically designed for that. So, yes, there are some of those out there. And I, I think mention, um, I don't I haven't read the oh, Cthulhu Confidential yet. Mm-hmm. I started reading the um, Knights Black Agents solo ops. Okay. And in that game specifically, if you're not familiar with it, Knights Black Agents by Pelgrim Press. It's Jason Bourne meets vampires modern day right 
And the thing about that game specifically is it's you play a pre-gen. Okay. Essentially. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking I'm, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm wondering I'm wondering how that sells. Interesting. Okay, keep going. And but I I mean I imagine and it does say that you could create your own character or substitute a different name, but you're playing a, a the, the the female um protagonist. Okay. My guess is the reason they do it that way is because it can cover all the bases without creating a character in its typical traditional me- method, right? Well, and that's and that's part of the challenge of one of duet style play, one one GM, one player. I don't like that gesture. Um <laughs> is that they're the to curate the game in such a way that it will be enjoyable and that all the pieces fit together, right? That it's it's geared and designed that way. I could definitely see why people take different approaches. I remembered um Cthulhu lent me the hour between dog and wolf, the RPG, which was a um it's it, it's two troubled characters in inner demons. Um and it really didn't have a if I remember this one, it didn't have like the traditional GM player role, but it was kind of both playing the same story as both players, I guess would be the best way to look at it. I wanted um I need to go pick up a copy of that because I remember reading it and I gave it back to him. Ooh, that looks cool, and then I never did anything with it. But I think some of the some of the cool parts about it, and um yeah, to uh to I'll pick on myself before Sean gets a chance. Matt Colville did two videos on this, many fail states and one on one D D. I've got links in the show notes we can find them on his YouTube channel. They're both pretty good videos. I know, shocking. I I pulled those out. I do love him. He's a great guy. <laughs> He looks. He looks like. He looks like either my older or younger brother. One or two. I can't figure out yet. Chad. Hello, YouTube. This is Matt Colville. Today we're going to be talking about duet play. Hey, Brett. This video is for you. <laughs> that's that's how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things you'll do, find hey, when it's all said and done, dude. I think I'm going to do a Matt Colville a parody, parody channel. Yeah. That's, that's. I'll call myself. Cat, I'll call myself Cat Moville. That sounds. That sounds terrible. I'm sure I won't um, get a C and D from him at all. Exactly. <laughs> or like a shut the fuck up. Text. Um, so one of the things that happens or that that's interesting to me, and I've found that some players, when I've done this in the past, it sounds really entertaining, but once the spotlight hits you, it never goes away. Your character is the main attraction in all scenes at all times. Right. There's probably things you can do smash cuts like the camera pulls away. You could do some reveals of what the bad guys are doing, what an NPC is doing per se. But it's still it's basically the game master and you as player having a conversation for two to three hours about this, you know, a back and forth improv conversation about what's going on. Sounds like our podcast. It is a lot like this podcast, only probably more organized and, and rules to stop us from going crazy. Fair. Okay, um, but the spotlight can be interesting to deal with because um, I remember Robin Law saying during uh, Cthulhu Confidential that some playtesters found it to be more of emotionally and physically exhausting hmm. to constantly be on the spot. Um, other people had uh, that I've run into, and I remember Robin saying this as well, is that without having a group to work problems with, like one player, one character, even if it's one character, excuse me, one player and two characters, but having the other player, another mind to bounce things off of is like a true kind of a group type of uh, to solve problems. 
people found it tricky or found different ways to work around it. Like a mastermind. Yeah. Right. If you're not familiar with a mastermind, it's the multiple more brains are better than one. Correct. Right. Yep. And then you get the party compliment that is traditionally known, right? Like you need a cleric and a fighter and a rogue and a magic user Mm -hmm. to balance everything out that you're going to face. But going back to what you're saying, like the, the other thing that there's a component of that, Brett, is when you play with a group, I know you know this, many of our BSers do and game masters, there's always going to be a point in time where they have to figure something out. One person could sit there and contemplate it, sure. And, but if the group does it, the GM could sit back and take a break. Yeah, kind I can of. be like, I, I gotta take, I gotta take a leak. I'll be right back. I'll take right. a break. You guys talk <laughs> I can, about I can, it. Okay, take a break. You guys talk. I'm gonna go get a sandwich or, or whatever. It is. They're yeah, all yeah, talking whatever. amongst themselves as player yep. players anyway, or player characters. Characters. Yep. And you sit back and you just kind of absorb it all because then you're like, oh, they're gonna try that, huh? Correct. You want to try that? Because you're just sitting there, right, listening. Yeah. And then, but I don't. You have, if you have, you yeah. have processing time. Yes. Right? That the data is coming at you. You're listening to it, like ooh, crunch, crunch. You're crunching numbers and options and things. You're like, ah, love that idea. Love that idea. My last Pathfinder game, um, Alpha's uh, Paladin character mentioned something that he said. Well, obviously, this is what's happened to the Paladins. This X, Y, and Z has occurred, and I went, "That's a brilliant idea." I was toying with that. Oh yeah, great, great, great. Right. I I could process that because it wasn't just he and I talking. Right. And so when it's that one on one, not only is the spotlight on the player, but it's also on the game master and the back and forth has to be is much more real time. You know, you don't have that opportunity to process where the player can say, I'm not sure. Go, go talk to Sean, you know, or Sean says, uh, go get Eileen. I, I don't know. Go, go, go over and talk to uh, talk to Laramie. I don't know what to do now. You know, and I can go get though. No worries, man. Cut over here. Smash cut back to you. We can <clears throat> you pass again, passing that spotlight around around. And it's a time thing. It's like you feel very much on exactly on the spot. Like you have to react now. That's how it works. When we did, um, when I ran that D&D adventure for you, Sean, did you feel pressure to move faster or did it bother you to not have other players to bounce things off of? No, I don't think so. Because Brett made it where I had to go in particular directions anyway. It was easier. I mean, I did kind of, I did kind of steamroll <laughs> you into a box. Well, part yeah. of you, part of the the point you were making in the adventure was okay, GM, uh, GM annotation here. Um, so I want Sean to go back in and go below, and but he went outside, so I have to find a reason to get him back into the yep. place, right? Yep. So, so um, but I, I don't think there was any. Some some scenarios present certain problems with yours it wasn't um there wasn't like a like oh my god i got like four ways to do this thing yeah necessarily where some scenarios are and then it can become kind of an issue to to solving the problem uh, or having multiple approaches where yours i was kind of following where things were taking me as Mm. a player and sometimes I think if you play or run a game and it's not so obvious or you give the player player or players, whatever, however you're playing, it can be a, um, you give them too much paralysis analysis. 
Like in any game, yeah. in, in any actually in life, you get people too many choices. They're like, yeah. you know, yeah. Too I don't give executives anything more than three examples, and they're all in big bold print with yeah. colors, right? Yes, yeah, same thing. Two yeah, or yeah. three, maybe tops, yeah. but and uh, one, more and than one's that, gl- and one's glaringly obvious. Yes, best thing yeah, yes. So I think the other um, one of the things we we did talk about a little bit about that particular game was it was also rather time constrained right we didn't say hey we'll pick it up later right it was like i'm gonna run it for one episode let's just do that so there were other constraints and stuff on it but i get your points and i think the other the other thing one of the reasons i think cthulhu the reason i want to bring cthulhu confidential is because um it's interesting we talk about the different um sources of inspiration for games so like D um even if you look at Conan, Conan is by himself 99% of the time. There's other people around him, but they're NPCs interacting. Conan is the guy. Um, yeah, he might be with Valeria or he could be with Baylit or whomever else, but it's always <clears throat> he is the star. Um, in, a, in many or most of the Lovecraft, I've not read all of his stuff, but most of the stuff of his that I've read, except for a very select few of them, um, it's one person. There's one protagonist dealing with stuff the horror red hook it's one guy right the um the shit i can't remember um mountains of madness there's people right there's a team done with horror there's actually an investigation group out of miskatonic which is kind of where the whole genesis comes but in general i think those types of investigation games, yes, we could argue that all RPGs have investigation components to it, but that type of uh, adventure through line, adventure approach or whatever, I think can be more satisfying for individual one-to-one play than um, a dungeon crawl um, where it's like, you know, kill the monsters, take their stuff, kill the monsters, take their stuff. I feel I have done that type of one one-to-one gameplay in the past and then i feel like i'm i'm like why don't i just run descent or um a board game or let's go play diablo or something because basically your character is just crushing and killing crushing and killing and getting more loot and doing so on and so forth but the times i've had the most fun in in, in duet style play is when it's very role-playing heavy mm-hmm. right and i think if i had to if i had to go back and i was going to run another game just for you sean i would say hey let's do that again and um, i got a different idea I would tune that plot differently, either that plot specifically, or I would move it or I take a different angle to it saying, okay, that wasn't too bad. I think I didn't allow for enough role-playing opportunities for Sean that really mattered and fed things. So let me change and adjust. Um, That's how I would do it if I was going to approach it again with you. But I think um, the other thing I learned from that too is that it's more fun for me, right? If it would have been a Cthulhu game, I think it would have been a little more interesting. And the other thing that's interesting about a Cthulhu game in general, or that style, is when life is fragile and it's designed to like find out information, don't confront the monster. You know, you might have to run away from it, and that's kind of part of the table stakes of that game. Where in D anD D, oftentimes you're playing some variation of a hero, and combat is a big deal. And combat is when shit can escalate really quickly and get off the rails on you, right? Um, when it comes to one on one to one or um, or a duet style play, because if I roll, if my dice are hot and Sean's are ice cold, he's fucking dead. His characters are just smoked. Like, oh, and some players may not care about that. It's like, yeah, that's cool. That's all part of it. You know, sometimes you die, sometimes you don't. Um, but I, I tended to, in that one, I wanted to make sure that I kept the combat to the end 
because I wanted to make sure you had a good opportunity to survive and have the big encounter, right? Um, because I, I feel the other piece that goes with this too is I, I felt we talked about this a little bit. You said you didn't feel like you lost all of your, you know, options, and I, I didn't like narrow all of your choice, take it away from you. But it feels to me as a game master that if I really want to get good at this, I need to work at it more because it felt more railroady to me internally than I normally feel when I'm running a game. And I don't know if that's the nature of or if I just need to read through my Cthulhu Confidential again, crank through a crank through the hour between dog and wall. Some of the other uh, games are built for that um, and so on. But I, I had a I had that feeling and you were very kind and said you didn't have that feeling. But um it's just something that's that struck me as one-on-one play as a challenge on the game master side. The player have yeah a lot of spotlight. You don't have any to work off of. Combat can be dangerous. You you know so on and so forth. But on the game master side, it felt like I almost had to present fewer options because you had fewer tools. Mm. And when I start narrowing the options because you don't have as many tools, I felt like man, am I really am I cutting him off? Am I am I putting you in a pipe <laughs> like you're going to go this way and there's the scenery sucks too it's not even you know it's not even a, a railroad with a decent with a decent vista to look out the windows at does that make sense to you it does and i wonder how you would or a gm would change things from kind of a one shot duet play to a longer term game of duet play yeah, I've only done short one-shot duet plays where it was like um, a friend of mine, we were we were playing Vampire, and he's like, hey, I, I, have, I can't make the game this weekend, but I want to do the same with my character. Sure, let's get together Friday, and we'll run through that thing. But it was, uh, it was very heavy role-playing. Sure. Right? And um, very rarely did we get into um, combats or big, or it was like a big brawl type of thing, like in a and d game. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... I don't know. It's just kind of in the nature of how we've been thinking introspectively over the last, you know, over the, you know, over the years, just looking at different w- things we can learn from it too. I think that's the biggest thing for me is I think it's, um, it's another challenge. And to be honest, this is where <laughs> I decided after running that, that um, AJ and Alana want me to run a and d game. I think yeah. I've mentioned this before. So AJ's made two characters. Alana's made one. And sometimes she's into playing and sometimes she's like, Hey, I want to do this other stuff with my friends or I want to do this or not. And that frustrates AJ. And I'm kind of like, well, if you guys don't want to play, we can always do something else or whatever. But AJ really wants to play more. And I said, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run this, you know, on this day, every week or every other week, whatever we decide on between three of us, no matter how many of you are playing. And you're all going to play. Come here, I walk because I'm your father. There you go. That's why I fucking said. I can ground you. I can ground you to the gaming table. You are grounded to this gaming table. You will roll d20s. You'll be goddamn happy about it. Brett, you're just you're you're not taking full advantage of the situation. I don't think. (laughs) I know. Where's my inner drill sergeant? But (laughs) what I told AJ is, I said I can do this. I will run. um, I'll run even if it's just you with your two characters, or if it's you and Alana. Well, three characters. Like, okay, cool. That sounds fun. It'd be. Basically, it's kind of a, it's a bit of a challenge to myself. I want to make sure that I could do this and have it be fun. And I know AJ will have a good time because we're playing and we're having fun. But I think there's there's some power in that one on one that duet style play, and I want to investigate it more because I think I could get some cool stuff out of it. It might be short sessions, just from the intensity, if you will, of it. Right? 
but I want to do something that doesn't have the one shot feel because in one shots alone, I tend to narrow the choices mm. because I'm like, look, we've got, this is a con game type of feel, right? We got three hours to play this game. We should probably have a direction or, you know, X number of things to do, get you from point A to point B. Um, there's other ways to describe this. I'm just, the narrowing of choices is just the, the broadest thing I can think of. And I think it's really how I felt when I ran it for you. I'm like, I need to, I need to slim the choices down and, um, and so on. But anyway, I think the best, the best way to use duet play or the best implementation of it is a prequel to leading up to having the group come together. I'm glad you brought that up actually. Cause so, Brett, seven years, man, you read my mind. Why I'm here, dude. I know. So back in the old, uh, in the before times, uh, Vampire of the Masquerade, one of the things I would encourage you to do, and I don't know if it still does it now in the newer edition, but the embrace, your character's embrace, you were encouraged to role play that with you and the storyteller, the game master, to have that role playing in, and to have the role playing session. I don't like that. Uh, gesture, it's I the embrace. You're creeping me out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, and I've run uh, vampire braces like in private, like, well, hey, one on one, we'll run the session. It was just like back and forth, back and forth, fun little piece. And then I would also run the embrace for your character, your character, her character, their character with everybody at the table. But it was always your turn, your turn, your turn, we kind of pass the spotlight around type of thing. And we when we would do it that way, those were fun. And when we did that, when we did it that way everybody really their character's background and their backstory of how they came to be and everything else we fit the, i mean it was so because the truth is at the table as we've said on the show many times right because it happened in a quote-unquote real gaming session it wasn't just shit i wrote on paper it was like this happened brett and i ran this thing together therefore i'm bought in as storyteller you are bought in as player because we did this together so it was a really cool sharing dynamic. And I think that's something that could definitely be used again in, in, in any other game, potentially, right? How did you get to be this character? How did you get to be that character? And another way to do it is, um, is downtime, right? We've talked about that a little bit where you would have these side quests where the character's like, hey, you've got some downtime running this X campaign, whatever it is. You've got two days worth of downtime. What does your character want to do? Well, I want to go over here. Well, that could be, you know, a duet style mini little something take two hours to talk through discuss role play that scenario and maybe you have some skill checks maybe even get in a fight or whatever the case is but that's another way to develop the characters and i think i really think that in that duet style play sean i think there's some there's some good game mastering lessons i can learn by doing that because <laughs> if you fuck it up it's pretty obvious Right, <laughs> nothing else. There's just one other person looking at it. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. There is that component, but I think with um, the nice thing about duet play in doing it as a precursor <clears throat> to starting your in kicking off a longer term campaign or shorter arc is that the players can obviously know that their character isn't probably going to die. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, um, yeah, you're not gonna die because this is the character I'm taking in the campaign. So you can right, kinda, you can really play it to the hilt. You can kind of 
go for the gusto, do a little something crazy, and you know you're going to survive. Well, and setting up the expectations of that particular game or couple sessions, one session, two sessions, is when you, as a game master, present that. Like, okay, here's the deal. We're gonna, I'm gonna run you through a short stint. I got mm-hmm. a basis of your background and character. If you want to lean on that, but you know, when I was kicking off Star Wars: Edge of the Empire, everything that dealt with obligation and tying the player characters to each other could have been separate adventures all together to the point of like the Dragonlance, right? So the Dragonlance books, original trilogy, they go off and then they come back to, to they're the end the for home. They're out looking for signs of the gods. Right. And they come back to the end and to report on what they found. Yep. And each one has probably had a novel dedicated to their stint before their meeting and coming yep. back to the end of the last home. But some of those things can come into play where it's like, look, you know, you don't you don't know what's going to happen during this and I know you're going to run into I'm like I'm like I could put the hammer down, but I don't my intention is not to kill you outright. So they could take a little bit more risk when they know when there's the death has kind of been set aside because I think at that point you are running and playing for a different under a different premise. Yeah, I think the other thing that comes to my mind when you talk about that, Sean, is that character. I mean, I could see playing that and say, you know what? Um, it makes sense at the end of this thing that this is why my character limps. Sure. Right. And sure. suddenly I've developed this this flaw or whatever it is. You could go so far as to when the character is building a background, when they have bullet points of what their background is. My my name is Phytor. I'm from Phytor land. My parents were killed by orcs. Um, you say, okay, let's do that. What exactly did that look like? Right? Talk that out, role play through that component of it. And then maybe that's how young Phytor lost his left eye or why his barbarian rage sometimes is uncontrollable in the presence of orcs and stuff. You can have these things that are tying those backstory high points that you as a player want to have in your backstory, but then tying them together through that activity between you and the game master. There's something, there's a real bonding I think we're getting at here that really happens at the gaming table between game master and player with the dice on the table or cards, whatever product you're using to, to, to run the game. And by having it be a, and this sounds corny as hell, but an official session, Right, that's meant to help the campaign, and as part of this whole whole thing, there's some real power in that. Well, not only versus, that, versus I wrote four pages of backstory in the game master and read it because he's a dick, right? Well, <laughs> like, Jesus. not only that, but um, I don't know about you, but I know that there are heavy. Okay, let me ask you this, Brett. Go for you it. ever created a character and you had a concept in mind, and you're like, okay, I think I'm going to model it after this, and I think he's he or she's going to do this. And then you get to the table and then you're like an hour in and for whatever reason you start playing the character differently. Absolutely, man. This is one of the reasons why I started leaning into stuff. Kojo's talked about this before where I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to develop this character as I go. So essentially I'm doing that. The character is like, uh, you know, it's a, a box of stats jumbled together. And then I develop the character's personality, history and all that stuff through gameplay. Well, if I did that in a, prequel adventure in that in that duet style play yeah i get where you're going sean i like that yeah because because i do that shit all the time because i'm like yeah if i walk here thinking i'm making the next gandalf it turns out he's actually the next tassel off well i should probably <laughs> yeah know, funny happens. how we go in with the, the 
premonition of of okay, I think I got the this is how I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play Saul Goodman from Better Call Saul, kind of smarmy lawyer guy, and then all of a sudden I come out as Gandalf the Wise for some reason. I'm all intellectual and yeah. thought provoking and not the smarmy character that I thought I was gonna be. But if you do the prequel as a duet play and you just like, okay, I cl- kind of clean slate. This is what I had in mind for my character. And then you play it. By the time you hit the campaign with the party, you got stuff that you've actually done and hasn't um, been yep. made up. And it's already been played in a way you're like, huh, let me tell you how my, you know, I thought it was going to be like this, eh, pivoted and changed. And it was something that might be more interesting. I, and Or you could I even got, change it. Like, oh man, yes. I played a rogue. This isn't gonna work. I don't. I don't want to play this guy anymore. Hey, Brett, thanks for GMing. I don't want to play this guy anymore. <laughs> Shit, can I change him? Can I change him? Yeah, why not? What the hell? All right, cool. I'll tell you, man. When I got a, when my group and I got away from doing the uh, the vampire embraces, and when we were playing a lot of World of Darkness stuff, when we got away from it, like, hey, let's just let's just get past that and get to the game. We got that mentality for a while. And it lasted for a bit, but pretty soon a couple of players said, hey, I wrap up a story. We're like, oh, we're going to do some next stuff. We're making new characters. Can we please do the embrace again? Can we please have that? I'm like, really? They really, I hate that gesture, Sean. You're freaking me out. <laughs> it's the embrace, they, man. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like the way you're doing it. Um, you're anyhow, not here, po- dude. I don't know what to tell I you. I know. That's just, you're creeping me out from three hours away. <laughs> um, point is, is that it, the players, when they, they, they liked it because you would, again, I think, I love what you're saying here, Sean, because what we're doing is you're we're walking with an idea and a notion. And then I, as game master, have a pretty good idea what's going to happen or what's going on in the world. And I understand the NPCs in the Chicago by Night City or wherever it is or Avalon or whatever's going on. If you're playing this, I understand what's in the neighborhood. I'm introducing names and things to you that you as a player like, oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, that sounds really cool. Oh, that's a great idea. And because. stuff you can do another similar type of thing if you don't have the entire if you have an entire campaign of it just another way to use that powerful downtime i like it yeah no i think it's it's a format that i haven't played a ton of but is you know the one thing we didn't get into and we didn't mention was the um the 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 logistics behind putting a group together and playing like you and I, when we did this show, it's easy to say, okay, Brett, when are you available? I'm available. Okay, done. You try you, each person you add adds a level of difficulty to that. Right. Yes. So, you know, Hey, if it's just you and another person scheduling becomes a little bit easier, a little bit more flexible. Which and is, I'll tell you, man, if you if you get people to do that, think about how invested they are in that campaign. Right. So I, I ran a one-on-one for Sean. I ran one for Eileen. I ran one for Laramie. And VC is next. VC wants in. The other people have done it. So we run one there. We're like, when's the next game? Have you finished, have you finished with VC yet? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. People want to play. We yeah. built these characters, man. We already had that pre-session. Where's the, where's the real stuff? That's the appetizer. Where's the meal? You know, and then you, you people are, are ramped up about it. So, 
there's some power there, man. I, I, through doing that little experiment with you, I think it's kind of opened me back up to looking at that type of thing. And I'm glad you brought that up because I had not thought about it until you said it. Something in the back of my mind was like, you used to do this. What is it? And as soon as you said that prequel thing, that hit it, man. I like that idea. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Because it's more, it's going to be a little more time intensive, perhaps. And some, it might not work for everybody. And that's fine. Not hell, half these tips and tricks don't always work for everybody or anybody sometimes. <laughs> but I the get point it. is, it's, it's one more shot in your locker, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I agree. Yeah. We good? I think so. For sure. All right, let's let's uh, kick her on over to die roll. Yeah, let's go to die roll. Die roll, two to four miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery we want to share with you. First one. So, front of mind, front of the show, uh, Chad Knight. Uh, he's from, he does Points of Insanity Game Studio. They've got podcasts, all sorts of cool shit out there. Chad and um, one of his other buddies have put out Caught in the Backrooms. It's a, it's on drive through RPGs, 13 bucks. Um, it's a core rules, skill-based character generation system. And it's, how do I say this? I, so if you think about the, um, mysterious, it's this mysterious place, uh, YouTube memes, um, all that. God, what's the, what's the best way to describe this thing? So there is like creepypasta and all that good stuff online. Right. So they've taken some of those really kick-ass ideas and turn them into a, it's a standalone gaming system. Um, it's just, it's really cool. I think it's, I, I buzzed through it. I got a, I got a free read of it. And I'm like, you know what? This is a pretty good little, this is a pretty good showing from a, from a new group of people putting out a product. So from my perspective, it's one of those things, like even if you, um, for me, doing a lot of different horror games and looking at different angles to take at it, I like fresh, different ideas or different approaches of it. And this is the kind of that, that modern take which sometimes um, leaves me flat. But this one I thought was kind of cool. So anyway, you should check it out. we got a link in the show notes. It's on drive through RPG, caught in the back rooms. I think it's worth def- you guys definitely looking at. Yeah. Way to go, Chad, buddy. Yeah. No, he's been he's been working on this for quite a while. And I saw him at Evercon. They they have play tested it. They've run it a bunch. They've um this is not something like they dreamed up and threw out there. He they did a lot of work pulling this together. So they should be, they're, they're proud of it, and this is rightfully so. Very cool. Uh, next one, Cthulhu Confidential. If you uh, want to check out some formal duet type of playing, as well as Knights Black Agents solo ops, we'll have links down below so you can drive, you know, pick those up at drive through if you're up for the PDFs. Um, and then they've got a bunch of other ones that are complementary of those two systems based on gumshoe, mind you, mm-hmm. but nonetheless. The next one is the rope RPG.net threads on duet play. And we'll have a link to this. This is not that link, but there is one that I know of. What the heck did I? I still can't believe RPG.net is a place that anybody goes. Yeah, it's um yeah, it's been around forever. But here's it. all the the, the the threads on duet play. Somebody started cool. and went through and goes down to basics, tipping the scale, side adventure, starting a campaign, communication, romance, making time, blah, 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 praise, duet settings, duet campaigns. It's a lot of good stuff as a resource. 
uh, that you could check out. We should throw this out there too, because I don't think I said it earlier. But if if anybody listening to us has good examples of duet one one to one style play, other than the game system we've talked about, you've had good experiences where you've got game systems like, hey, this is really good. I have had fun with it. Please let us know. I want to we want to push that stuff out in the next couple episodes. Some guy, some guy, he's high roller. I heard Craig Shipman, Third Floor Wars. That guy. Oh my god. Streaming a duet game. Is he? Call Cthulhu. Him and Nick. All right. That's good. Yeah. That'll be good. I don't don't know how many sessions they're in. I was watching it on Twitch live one night. Uh, So I will have a link down below to put in the die roll if you want to check that out. Craig crushing it as the um, keeper in Call Cthulhu. And I think it's a scenario that is built for duet play. Cool. There you go. Next one. Um, st- stuck in a D&D game. Song by Carl Davis. <laughs> you want to rock out to Carl? Musician and geeky nerd. Talking about, you know, singing some geeky nerd songs that he has come up with original originally. Uh, check that out. Also, it's the Carl Davis show. Um, he also does a podcast they just had 100 episodes called Tabletop Tango, so you can go and check out Carl. They mostly talk about Savage Worlds, so if that's your your deal, um, you'll appreciate that. But even if not, check it out. Uh, thanks, Carl, for being a supporter of the show anyway. And uh, keep it keep it, keep it trucking, man. Somebody's got to pick up the torch, right, Brett? <laughs> that's right. Shit. Yeah, we're not dropping this thing. Someone's going to pick it up. I don't, I don't. It's like it's like the Olympic torch, man. It doesn't hit the ground. It never goes out. Right. Someone's right. got to grab it. That's right. Let's see. The next thing, uh, RPG Academy. So I was on an episode with Michael and Larry. Uh, Larry, a uh, friend of the show, and Michael now. Thank you so much. So it's uh, around crowdfunding. So we talked about each one of us had to pick like three Kickstarters, Indiegogo, GoFundMe, whatever it is, Um things that interested us and talked about the projects and, and everything. So if you're interested in hearing me, you know, rattle their cages, by all means, check out that episode of TTRPG crowdfunding review. It was fun. Uh, I appreciate Larry and Michael for having me on the show. Thank you so much. I actually was on uh, this old dungeon podcast. I don't know when the guys got that one drop, but that was, Oh, good grief. That was yesterday. And that was a long one. That was and Edwin, our own very own Edwin Nagy. Lou, Lou was on there and um, and, and Bill. So we went through, for God's sakes, we <laughs> I think it's three hours. <laughs> I don't know if they want to trim that down or not, but we got into like so much fun stuff back and forth history where where this came from, where that came from. Talk about the Hobbit animated movie differences in soundtrack and Foley scores there and then all into like the main focus where we we got into though was around um city campaigns avalon stuff so it was a lot of fun hell of a good time great crew to talk to so it was a lot of fun i don't have a link for that one yet till it drops but uh this whole dungeon i think it'll be out probably within the next few days once it does we'll, we'll throw it in here it must be um construction like a, like constructing a dungeon exactly right? like 
this well, old dungeon. Yeah, exactly. They're going to probably have to put some shims in the door. And their uh, viewer, their some... listener feedback is uh, notes from the homeowners association. So I thought that was pretty cool, very clever. Oh, very nice. <clears throat> and I did. Ha- I do have my links in here for the many fail states and w- and the one to one D and D that Matt Colfield did. So that's out there as well. That's that. That's this one right here. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, and then this one as well, Matt Colfield. Yeah, but I. I... <laughs> <laughs> and then I think, yeah, I think that's that it, it man. for for this episode of Gaming NBS. Thank you so much for tuning in. Sorry to drop the bomb on you guys, but we wanted to put it out there, obviously, and not just disappear or, or drop it on the last episode. Uh, we want to go with a uh, with a kind of a bang and and help from the community. The upcoming shows that we're going to do, maybe some reflections with Brett and I, like what we learned, what we've, we, you know, the experience that we've had over the last seven and a half years, um, you know, how we've changed maybe our views on particular pieces of the gaming hobby or what, what the case is. So, uh, what are we, speaking of which, what are we going to talk about next week? Brett? I have no idea, man. Let's go back to the old days. What are we talking about next week? I have no fucking clue. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Nah. We got some in the hopper. I don't know if you and I were going to do a reflection show with just you and just I or both together. I don't know. I think we should do it both together. I think we tee off okay. each other on that. So so that's one mm-hmm. of them for sure, I think. Yep. Uh, and then the AMA mm-hmm. is going to be the end one. So There's yeah. a couple other things that were in the hopper that might be worth definitely dragging out one more time. So making sure we ca- catch some cool stuff. But Describing our kick-ass penultimate campaign RPG experience if we had all the money, time and resources in the world what would that look like nail it down in an <laughs> I don't know we're having as much fun as we can that's right if you have uh, maybe maybe not a fan of this particular episode but you know if you're still a fan of the show do us a favor give us a like on YouTube uh, you can certainly subscribe. You don't know what might pop up here in the future. Uh, otherwise, you can find us at your favorite podcatcher of choice. Find our audio flagship show. Um, and I guess, yeah, that's kind of, I think that's kind of it. So uh, on behalf of Gaming to BS, I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming and BS produced with help from the following BSers. Joe Swick, Old School DM, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Eric Jeppesen, Andy Hall, Chris Steele, Remy Bilodeau, Jason Hobbs, Mark Tsaka, Mirko Froelich, Pure Mongrel, Brett Pazinski, Brandon Barnes, Eileen Barnes, Dan LaValle, C.W. Mellencamp, Victor Wyatt, Craig Huber, Roger Brasslett, Stefan Dragonspawn, Jared Rasher, Finnolf, Ray Otis, Jim Fitzpatrick, Old Scouser Roleplaying, Ron Blessing, Curtis Takahashi, Larry Hout, Ron Bishop, Mark Richmond, Chad Gleyman, Craig Howard Bishop, Josh Wallace, Corey Welch, Angus, Eric Salzweedle, George Sedgwick, Robert Nemeth, Brian Kurtz, Laramie Wall, Eric Avia, Jeff Seifert, John Kayward, Corey Gonzalez, Niall Diamond, Aaron Relia, Jeff Goad, Aaron Coleman, Brian Rumble, Rich Wishon, David F. Baylog, Harrigan, Melissa Bashinsky, H.N., Cole Cago, Eric Tavola, Hus Carl, Yorkis Rex, Ghost GM, Mike Hess Jr., Rory Weston, Jim Ingram, Daniel Garrett, Eric Frankhouse Presents, Phil McClory, Adam Grotejohn, Jay Plata, Ed Nyes, The Duke in Purple, Isaiah Aries Christian, Larry Hollis, Craig Shipman, Todd Sharp, Orcus Dorcas, Chris Shorb, Michael O'Holland, Wayne Peacock, Mike Coleman, Kevin Keneally, Zagrave, Vornak, 
Farty McButter Pants, Andrew Lear, Craig Chunglo, Eric Lunsford, Ty Prunty, Feeling Good Lewis, Ziga Paradzik, Nick Westbrook, John Mahoney, Crystal Eggstad, Zalea, Zwiefer, Hypnocode, Kelly Ness, Tim DeShane, and Jerry Garcia. Hey, BSers, thanks so much for supporting us all these years. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to keep in contact with Brett and I after episode 384, you can find me on Twitter at Sean P. Kelly. That's S-E-A-N-P-K-E-L-L-E-Y. Or you can find Brett there as well as F-A-F-H-R-D-881 on Twitter. And don't forget, submit your questions for the last episode. Head over to GamingABS.com forward slash AMA. Thanks, BSers. This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.